The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh my god. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. All oh, this melts of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. <laughs> OffTheRecord.com. Fight those tickets. If you don't win, you don't pay. All you have to do is download the app, snap a photo of your ticket, answer a few questions, get matched to an experienced lawyer, and you won't pay for the ticket. Enter code AWESOME to get a nice discount. Welcome to Driving Well Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Lane. I'm Art. I'm joined by Bandit here, who's at my feet. He's a fucking bandit, that's for sure. You should get him a little He takes Andrew's toys. He takes Andrew's toys, like little, you know, Legos or whatever. He'll grab it in his mouth, run downstairs into the garage, and then, like, spit it out under the van again. Whoa. (laughs) I've I've found shit. I pull the car out, and there'll be, like, a little toy that he has taken. That's so random. I know. Is he gifting stuff to the van again? Is that what's happening? I think that's his special, that's like his church. Okay. He's like a rat, dude. He's just like, like collecting his crap, right? Like, he's like a rat. How does that? Cause they Cartoon? do that. They, you know, like they take, like, have you ever seen Charlotte's Web, dude? Yeah. Underground, he has all that. He has all the stuff, dude. He has Templeton? all the junk. Yeah. Templeton has all kinds of cool stuff. Why do you got to bring up Templeton right now? He steals stuff, man. I think he's just taking other people's trash and turning it into treasure. Yeah. I don't think he's. I don't think he's stealing. I just want to it. throw it out there that I know he uh, steals eggs, dude. He steal he stole an egg and it was rotten, actually. I, uh, That's true. That is true. That I is just true. want to let everyone know that I learned the word smorgasbord from uh, Charlotte's Web. So, mm. Oh, remember that? I'm sure Big I did word, too. I mean, grade or whatever that was. Yeah, I don't think I was having German parties and such at that age. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Van. Speaking of Vanigan, on the Sunday edition, we get into it a little further, but. Um, my question to you guys was, if I had to evacuate because of the fires, what car should I take? And it was uh, Brian. Brian said, uh, is anything but the Mighty Max um, basically saying, like, you have to take the Mighty Max, right? Like, Mighty Max is the worst answer, by the, the way. The worst. For one thing, it's not that reliable. Like, if you no. have to go for long distance, right? Exactly. It doesn't have AC. No. It also can't fit only fits family. two people, not your whole family. It also doesn't fit as much stuff as the van would fit. Of course, not um, securely. It also isn't secure at all. These are all the things. It was van. The Mighty Max wasn't even in my thought. It was like that's no, that's the, and oh, it's also worth the least out of any of your vehicles. Exactly. So that absolutely. But well, it that's came a very Brian answer. So it works. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, E30, I wouldn't want to evacuate in, but I would want to get it out, which I had some options. Um, anything from parking it in a big parking lot to a warehouse down the road that I could have brought it to. So that was out. And then it was, uh, yeah, Vanagon or Mercedes wagon. And the Vanagon was kind of my thought because yeah. 
Didn't know where I was going to end up if I had to sleep in it for a night. Yep. Uh, I'd have the cats with me too. These fuckers. Well, Dude, it's definitely be. the best choice. It's it, it's also the, the most valuable car you own. Exactly. And to think like, I mean, it isn't super. It's not the most reliable, but it's never let me down. And I didn't think I'd have to go too far. You know what I mean? Like yeah. evacuation. Yeah. Could be I mean, you might have to stop drive. and paint the tailpipe along the way, but right. that's, exactly. That's, 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 that's probably true. So I was going to bring the spray paint um, mm-hmm. as but part of that. You also Just, had already uh, deduced the fact that you have uh, more crick crossing abilities because uh, you, you was, did learn that the Mercedes is not pos- not not a. That was true. Yeah, that. what if I had to evacuate that same scenario comes up and they're like, sorry, you're dead. Yeah, no crick. That being said, he did not try to cross that crick in the Mercedes. But, so he, but it was a risk, right? right? Yeah. It was yeah. A risk. I was not willing to take it. So this is before my aunt and uncle came and stayed with me, evacuated as well. But I was tinkering with the van again, uh, just getting it started. And I converted the bed down and stuff just in case, just getting ready. And I started up. Drip, 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 fuel leak Again. at the engine. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So I, I'm taking it all apart. It just, a couple of the hose clamps had backed off a little them bit. up, dude. Tighten them up and everything was good. Mm-hmm. But here I am preparing for an evacuation. The Vanigan's the choice. Shit. Let's just fire it up, get the battery charged a little bit, fuel leak. So I had to take the, the air box out, tighten all the injector hose clamps, go around the whole engine bay and kind of tightened. Everything was like a whole cr- a turn off. Hmm. Everything had kind of loosened up a, a little bit. A lot of vibrations back there. Old I want to use a little uh, Loctite on those, huh? On a hose clamp? Yeah, maybe. I mean, if they're backing out, yeah. I don't think that's the move. How? I mean, why not? Why not? I think I just. Need, I think I need to like have a. a it's like a lube or whatever. A lube like oil a, filter uh, process where you would go through the car, and some cars have Zerk fitting. You want? This you just want has, to do that, uh, but you don't. <laughs> I know, but why not use a little like blue lock, like yeah. minor lock? Because it's a screw, right? Yeah, it is a screw. Yeah, There's no reason not true. to. Yeah. Do it. Loctite. It's a permanent. It's a, it's a, and it's not a permanent Loctite. It's not like red or something. Blue. But, That's know. true. Yeah. Blue could be the option. Yeah. Yeah. I've never done that on a hose clamp though, actually, now that I think about it. Well, and anything. I mean, in this case, it's an engine that's had, that vibrates it's a lot, right? So, I mean, a lot of yeah, vibration. Yeah. It's just stopping yeah. it from backing out. It's yeah. not like you're like, yeah. Yeah. You're not yeah. killing it. Not a bad idea. Not yeah. a bad idea. There you go. And, and you um, have hose clamp scenarios. There wasn't originally hose clamps, too. I mean, those weren't originally hose clamped on. So, oh, you're yeah, right. they were those, yeah, uh, right. those like, they were hose clamps, but they, uh, they're the different. Some of them, but then the the part that I was actually tightening were um, more like heat shrink. It wasn't yeah, yeah. actually clamped. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, my nine fourteen, I did the same thing. So, yeah, that you did. and you used you used Loctite. No, I didn't. But yeah. I didn't have a problem of them backing out either. So <laughs> right, right. I would definitely use it if I found that they were all a turn off, though. I know. Interesting. Yeah, I've never thought about hose clamp uh, Loctite, but maybe I should. It also been a little while since I had done that repair, and I've driven the car quite a bit. So I feel like it's good to take that, you know, just to look at it anyways and kind of check it all out. So Yeah, I mean, the hoses can shrink a little. They get hard. Yep. Um, exactly. Yeah, it could be something like that, but yeah. Yeah. You anyway. know. Anyway, that was how my uh, evacuation prep went, and it didn't go past that. I didn't have to take the van out of the garage. So that's good to hear. So yeah, take the flammable car when you're trying to escape the fire is what you're going. For. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want the one that's leaving a trail of gasoline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we so didn't get to, to find you. We didn't get to talk about it on the last on the Sunday show, but um. 
Uh, we're doing the Dirt Championship right now. Uh, Dirt 2.0 Championship. Sounds pretty frustrating, uh, according to comments. Yeah, on Xbox or whatever you play it on. Uh, join us if you have Dirt 2.0. I think it's called Dirt 2.0. I might be totally wrong. I like Dirt 0.0. Dirt 2.0, I believe. And just search DWA in the groups and join our group. And then uh, we have to approve you, but we'll approve you if you request to be part of the group. Don't you and, have uh, a higher chance of being approved if you're a patron? Um, I think everyone gets approved, but we have a cool like commentary going on Patreon, which is kind of fun. People giving tips and people uh, talking about how they're frustrated and stuff like that. Hushy, I'm glad to see really Hushy Pushy back in the mix. Um, oh. He joined this last round, I believe. And I'm happy that he was able to finish the whole round without rage quitting. So that's like a step in the right direction. Uh, there has been some frustration. I know Brian Ferranda, big fat flip. He uh, basically crashed out of the last two rounds. Um, terminal damage. So he like flew off a cliff somewhere two times. Shit. Um, and he's pretty, he's fast too. He's better than me. Um but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's pretty, it's kind of a fun thing. So we do, we've been doing a, we have one more round of the championship. I think it started last night at 10 PM and you have two days to complete it. And that's Brian set this up and he's like, Oh, Monte Carlo sounds cool. Let's do two rounds of it. Meanwhile, it is the fucking hardest. It's ice, snow, and then there's dry pavement. So your setup is all wonky and it's so yeah. hard, dude. Tight ass How road. about making you Brian, like, Brian, Brian evacuated and and he was like leaving it to the last minute anyway. So he didn't even get to like start. He didn't do any of it, um, compete in it at all. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty frustrating. So now imagine that, that makes you appreciate the actual rally. Cause that's the, that's, that was the major problem yeah. or still is the major issue that people face, right? Like tire choice and setup mm-hmm. because you're dealing with all these different surfaces and like, yeah. And, yeah it's, there's, yeah. A, there was um hairpins. Yeah. There's a whole, um, uh, story behind the, you know, the Lancia 037 winning that rally. Uh, and they, they basically were switching, I think they were switching tires along the route and they, and they also, some say that they were salting the road, like the ahead of, and like, so they were, they, they did all this, like, all these little tricks up their sleeve and shit, like, were technically illegal, but they got away with it when they, when they won that race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely difficult. I mean, they'll be like dry pavement, and then there's a breaking zone, and right where the breaking zone, they'll put some ice there. So cool. you're, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's so frustrating. I think I forget who wrote it, but they're one of the on the Patreon comments. He's like, oh, like because Brian's like, oh, figured it'd be kind of cool to try, pretty neat to try out Monaco or something like that. And the guy's like, if this is neat, then like shoot me in the head, or this is like my worst nightmare or something like that. Um, yeah, it's fun though. Just doing it for fun. Yeah, yeah. No, it's super fun. Um, there's definitely some some guys are really good. Like yeah. And uh I'm not I'm not there. I don't think I have enough time in the day. There you go. To get that good. But it's well yeah, fun. so go check it out, driving will awesome at uh, dirt two point yep. yep. Okay. You guys ready for some questions? Questions. Anything else you want to get to? Give it to you. All right, uh, Instagram, driving well awesome. Check us out, ask questions. Uh, Monty23PSK says, 
Have you guys seen Troop Beverly Hills? Maybe Lane. Of course. My girls were watching it during summer break, and I was amazed at many car scenes with the coolest Radwood era cars. So much rad spotting in that movie. Must watch, he says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never seen it. Really? It's, um, I forget her name, but yeah. Shelley Long? Shelley Long. There you go. That's what Joe Polo said. He says, Shelley Long, great flick, ha ha. Ha ha. His ha ha's, and. Trademark. Good thing you trademarked it. Yeah. Uh, that's all you need to say about that movie. Go see it because cool cars. I don't know and... if you should go see it. I, and it, and I think it's like every 80s movies. There's tons of cool cars on the street. Uh, or cool now, right? In yeah. retrospect. I feel like all those movies, there's always a 914 on the street. Uh, hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some cool stuff. I remember from that movie, I remember like an R107 being part of it. Maybe it was even on the cover. I forget. But um hmm. Yeah, it's probably not a great movie, but but definitely that's like the enjoyment you get out of a movie like that when you're watching yep. your girls are into it and you're like and you right. have to watch it and you're like, Oh, this is cool, I get to see all this cool what cars. Year is on that the movie? Is that eighties, nineties? Eighties, for sure. 80s, I don't okay. know what I don't know what year, maybe eighty eight or something like that. So I've been rewatching uh Seinfeld randomly just here and there. I'll I'll throw yeah. on an episode because it's on Hulu and uh whoever was doing the the car uh, placement in that show. Well, a lot some... of it was Jerry. So his car denies are... it. Well, uh, he I says don't know. he didn't, he doesn't care. He like, he's like, I don't ever gave a shit about the cars in that. Uh, maybe they put his car. Cause I know there was like a sob 900. There would be a sob 900 in one of the, and it was like the, his car in the show. I feel like he had a Someone Saab 900. specifically asked him and he was like, I have no clue what hmm. that. Was well, happening. wasn't there a couple scenes where they had his Porsches on the street? I, I think there might have been that going on, but yeah. the, the all the rest of it are just, there's a mm. lot of um, stock footage of New York, which yeah. it's like before they go to his apartment, they just show an outside scene of New York and they'll be like Celica GTS and, um, you know, Notchback Mustang and kind of like cool stuff. And of course that was yeah. the era. So it wasn't like Radwood, you know, they yeah. weren't collector cars, they were just cars. But um, the scenes where they're filming them in Universal studios which i assume that's where a lot of that stuff happened where luft was yeah um those all those cars had to be placed and the other day it's an episode where kramer he uh gets hurt or something oh he gets bit by a dog and then he's uh anyways he's running away like a dog and jerry's yelling at him and he runs right past a like a brand new mighty max like yes score all right so that guy that that par play car placer fucked up that day but dude, uh, no, he's just a thinking man. That's all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then the, the, on the fridge, he had the nine eleven poster uh, for um, sure. I mean, in the in the house, you yeah, he had the Skip Barber um, sticker or magnet on the fridge, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, he always yeah. had some little little homage. Huh. Um, <clears throat> Walter M. Wood asks. Do you think California will ever remove smog inspections for pre-OBD2 vehicles or at least in our future? No. What is our future? Is that our lifetime? I guess in our yeah. lifetime, but no, I don't think so. I mean, it's like they would have done it by now, really. Like, I mean, there's been no movement at all, right? Like, there, I would have, we would have seen a progression of, um, of, I think, I think they, I think mm-hmm. they might, but it's going to be like 20 years. So I think the, um, the, I think smog stations are going to be kind of like, not really needed, basically. Um, yeah. Like our traditional smog station that actually, like, tests tailpipe and stuff like that or dyno. Um, they're just going to have, like, straight plug-ins. 
So I could I think definitely see that happening because cars are going to electric and stuff. So um, I just think there's there'll be so many fewer on the road yep. in ten years and twenty years and thirty years. That's a that good point. It has to get be to that such point. a small pop. It'll be such a small population of cars that are still out there. But um, that that goes hand in hand with what I'm saying. Where like they're not gonna. There's not going to be the resources, basically. No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you where they basically just say, yes, those cars are out there and they need to be legal, but they kind of just give them a pass. I don't know Um, about that. I think they're going to be more strict and we're going to have to pay up the ass for that. I think it's going to be very costly. Like we're going to have, it's going to be a taxed type of thing where, you know, because. Well, that could be true. I don't know if it'll. Yeah, you might have to pay into it like a carbon tax or something. Yeah, something like that. I mean, and this is for California specifically, right? So I think like just yeah. like seeing, I mean, I know California is a big state and, you know, not everyone lives in a densely populated area. So that's another thing, right? Like that's what we always have issues, right? Because it's like we have the cities dictating what everyone else does. But like San Francisco, I, I can already see the next 20 years like them banning cars almost entirely. Like they're already moving in that direction where they're well, like in the city, in probably, the city, yeah. right? So like, but, um, I've just, I just, I just have that kind of sentiment. I can see where they, they basically are like, yeah, why do we even want to have, like, why should we allow this, right? Like, why do people get like this, like, uh, sort of a special treatment because they want to drive this old car, right? Like, it's, it's a weird thing. And I mean, unfortunately, I mean, obviously that, that's, it's, they're special to us, right? But, uh, from an environmental standpoint, people just don't, can't make sense of them. Um, but yeah, it's a good point though. I mean, there, there are so few. So how would that work? I, I just, I'm trying to think of like, I think logistics, I think logistically, I could see them charging, I could see them tacking on a fee, basically a bigger fee to drive a vehicle like that, but I don't see logistically how they could afford to have, like, basically you don't have the resources to have smog shops like we traditionally, like we know today and stuff. So I just don't see, uh, that's why I, I could see them go, that going away essentially. Um, because you are appealing, you're, you're catering to such a small audience. Yeah. Um, okay. That, that, that it doesn't make sense for a business, like a small, a tr- you know, that kind of machine to keep being developed and made, right? Yeah. And, and maintained uh, and, and stuff. There is, yeah. That's a machine, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. Um, yeah. I think in our lifetime, it will go to something where you just pay maybe a bigger fee to own that car and have it on the road. Yeah. In some way. But, um, they stop really caring because it's only going to be collector cars at some point. I mean, maybe the odd like farm truck or something, but actual on the highway vehicles. Um, it's a, such a small percentage of pre 1997. When is OBD2 standardized? Right? So 96 or, yeah, well, it, it started, but so pre 96. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pre 96. So yeah, I hope, I hope in our, in our future, Walter, yours and mine together. Dan Serralo says, what is one characteristic of your older cars that gives you all the Cajun sense, but that you would hashtag lane hate in a newer car? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't hate this at all in, in modern cars, but I'm pretty spoiled by push button start. And I don't know. I don't like. Wait, I what's I, so great about push button start? Just the fact that it's so, um, ubiquitous in all cars now you get in it and you just assume that it's a push button start just because you pretty... keep your key in the pocket essentially? yeah okay. yeah exactly like not having a key to fumble with and like put in an ignition and turn uh-huh. in my old car i don't think about it at all or any any car that has that but mm-hmm. in a brand new car i think like in an s class it wouldn't be a welcome thing yeah does that make sense 
Sure. Wait, so, um, so are you saying this backwards? You're saying that uh, you... Because the question is what stuff... He just said it right. He said it right. So I, yeah. you, you're you spoiled by push button start, which is a modern thing. I'm saying He's if saying a modern car came with a new key... car didn't have push button start. Oh, a key. Gotcha. S, sorry, a key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just saying... In my, my E30, I obviously am completely used to and don't mind. And right, right, right. It's just part of the experience having a, a manual key. Yep. But in a brand new car that I was hopping in and out of all day yeah. long, and I would kind of be like, ah, oh, it doesn't have push-button start. Yeah. Or even like my Mercedes has a key and a traditional ignition tumbler, but it's the um, like infrared style or whatever. It's, it's got not the, like um, a, yeah, it doesn't have like the... It doesn't have metal. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have an actual metal portion. Mm-hmm. So mine is a uh, like lack of Bluetooth, CarPlay, all that kind of stuff. It, that like in a new car, I'd be so like you need that in a new car. It's like what you that's what Brand a car, car is. Yeah. That's what you want out of a new car. And old cars, that's part of the charm is that they don't have all that kind of stuff. They're very analog. Um, also, good air conditioning. Uh, you know, just the mm-hmm. fact that you can turn on air conditioning anywhere and, and do whatever. Yeah. Um, there's also maybe a little bit, uh, a little lack of like insulation. Um, also a lack of like smoothness that a brand new car has, um, with it's like, it's kind of filtering out everything. Yeah. Um, That's you know, right. in your daily driver, your new daily driver, you want it to be super filtered out and quiet and, and, all that stuff. And in these old cars, we kind of want the opposite. So I I think that's a huge thing. I mean, there's so many of those things that like is what makes them, these old cars great and fun, but also what would make, and it's the reason they don't make a new Porsche, you know, or whatever name your car like that. It's cause like that is inferior and, and no one really wants that out of a new car, you know, but that's part of the, the joy and charm of having an old car. How about this one? I have a manual sunroof in my E30 and I would be pretty annoyed if <laughs> like yeah. your brand new car had a crank up there. Yeah. 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 yeah how about be... manual door windows? I mean, that's like without saying. Well, how about uh, no power steering? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it but depends. If it's a sports E30, car, but... maybe like if it's set up correctly, which one, but, uh, which one? Where where is this car? Um, yeah, I mean, like, and like, uh, maybe a Cayman without power steering with a quick with a be- different. I don't know because rack. even the the out al- the new what's it the Alpha what's it called the little 4C? little one four C that's like a huge complaint the power steering the non power steering sucks. I can't, I don't know I haven't driven one so I can't I can't speak. To I that. know I'm just well yeah. I'm I'm reading every review I've watched you know in videos and the T so. fifty even has a form of power steering at low speeds right? at low yep. speed for parking lots. Yep. I can even say that I. I don't, I prefer an 84 and newer 944 because I don't like driving the one without power steering. There you go. That one is especially bad. It's very, very heavy. Yeah. Super heavy. There's got to be other stuff to this, but I think those are good answers. I agree with everything said. Solid. Yep. (laughs) And the Iraqs. Yeti Overland. Gas smells, Art. Yeah, gas smells. I mean, everything, my, my main thing was really like, dismissing or accepting like um cracks or creaks or, or rattles you know like and even then i still am pretty anal about it in my old cars but you just can't help it that's going to be there if a modern car has a creak or rattle it's completely unacceptable like it's in, so in that bad. and that exists you know and, and it's it's really bad 
it also stands out more because they are so insulated and yeah, so quiet. Yeah, exactly. You know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But yeah. I agree with everything else said. Word to your mother and father. Um, let's see here. Yeti Overland says, so I bought a 2003 Land Cruiser to, today that needs a timing belt. Congratulations, dude. That's yeah, so rad. I have the capability to do it, but pretty busy with family and work. Do I take a day off of work or let a shop do it? Does anyone need a low mileage 2004 runner? Hashtag MPG LOL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that comes down to budget. Do you have the money to pay someone to do it? Because pretty nice to have someone that does that all day long, get dirty and frustrated. And, and how much is that <laughs> job? Like 500 bucks? No, it's, I think it's more than that. Well, it depends on what you're replacing, but water pump and everything. I think you'd be into it 1200 bucks. Or okay. So how much is the labor as opposed to the parts? I think that's a pretty easy one to do. I mean, you got a lot of room in that engine bay. So what do you pay for label, labor? 600? Yeah. 500? I'd say something like that. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was getting at. Um, so yeah. the only, the difference is that is five to 600 bucks essentially. Well, it, unless you, I mean, a lot of shops don't let you supply your own parts. So, there's so you're paying that. more there's for the parts. Markup on water pump and yeah. timing belt kit and all that stuff. Um, and also when you get in there, you might say shit like the cam seal or I don't know, crank seal or something is, is leaking and that's another deal. And do you have the you know, time to deal with that. Now the car is apart and you don't have the right pieces or a tool. You might get in there and just break a fucking bolt too. <laughs> fuck, fuck yourself. That's what I always end up doing. So I think budgets first. And then do you have the ability to really do it? Like, do you want to get covered in coolant and, uh, stuff like that? Well, I also um, right now, I mean, like how does he need the car, right? Like if he has the opportunity, he doesn't to, need if it. If he doesn't need it, if he can work on it over the course of like three weekends, like that's fine. Right. It, Cause it is, you know, like if he if he wants to save the money, I agree with you 100 percent budget first. If he can afford to do it, absolutely pay someone else. Don't do it just for the adventure because that's a it's just a pain in the ass. Right. Uh, but if you but it is satisfying, and gratifying to do your own thing, you know, and if if, if, you, if right now money's tight and you can tackle it like that's that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, I agree. But also, I mean, you do get to a point where. I mean, even if you can do it and I I appreciate that wanting to do it it's nice to pay someone it's just like having it done without having to deal with it you're yeah. you're paying for that luxury i feel like know? yeti he does enough stuff there he's making all this stuff he's doing tons of stuff like on his cars and their projects you know like he's building up his his tundra into a camping rig and he's like doing a lot of that work himself um you know, it's like focus your time and energy on that fun kind of cool project car stuff and, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, send this one to the guys that just do it every day and not have them knock it out. Yeah. I, I agree with that. But if you run into time and you're like, I want to get to know this engine a little closer and stuff, then yeah. But if you have the budget, let's say, uh, hand it off. Mm -hmm. Um, SF production Gabe says, do you approve of the move F1 is making to larger wheels and low profile tires? So we kind of touched on this in one episode. I can't remember when, but, um, what do you, what say ye? I understand it's kind of, it, it's definitely a market. It's, it's a marketing thing for the tire companies too. Like you kind of need to do it, I think to offer a bigger tire because what cars are running 13 inch wheels these days? Uh, so just for Pirelli, 
you know, it's like smart to do. Well, it's a, basically. Uh, right. yeah, it's a business case, right? It's a relevance thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for sure, exactly. um, you know, that's, that will trickle down into street. I mean, unfortunately not, not so much to the tires that we want for our 15, 14, 15, 16 inch t- uh, wheeled cars, yeah. but, um, maybe some of it will, but it's just annoying that, you know, that's the main thing for me is the 13s didn't do anything for us. Um, they look a certain way. I mean, they look cool. The, um, the look is yeah. not as cool, dude. Yeah. Like F2 already has the big wheels and, it, the look is definitely not as cool as having the small wheel with the big fat yeah, tires. But not enough to justify uh, keeping around. I, I think I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, it makes yeah. sense. I would change anything like lap time wise. It definitely it, will, but I don't. I don't know if it's. Is it going to make the cars like way faster? Wouldn't you think like, it would? I don't. You think yeah. those? How do they make a 13 inch wheel with that much? How do they make it like? How do they I make know. it this good, dude? Like, what does go... the sidewall look like? I want a cross section. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Straight up steel rebar in there. <laughs> I know, right? Um, when is that supposed to happen? Next year? Yeah. No, no, okay. the year after twenty twenty two because they oh. delayed it. Okay. Yeah, it yeah, was supposed like, to be twenty twenty one. Then because of COVID, they delayed it to twenty twenty two. Got it. Got it. Um. Oh, Fuchs 911 says, how come no one comes to Radwood dressed in 90s stuff? My Janko jeans need to see the light of day. Dude, uh, so many people yeah. dress in 90s. Like, I would say like, like majority. I would say more than 80s almost. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I totally and see I've like. I've definitely seen some Janko jeans and some rollerblades and stuff. And by the way, shame on you for ever owning Janko jeans. <laughs> No, what the like, fuck? I, I, I was around that time too, but I wasn't that guy. By the way, um, my Jinko jeans. <laughs> and he need, still has them. And by the way, my Jinko jeans need to see the light of day. Then fucking wear them. Like what? You know, like yeah. well, bring them. But how does he still? How does he still have them? That's crazy, right? Like, do you even have a drawer big enough to carry those things? Maybe it's a dedicated home, drawer. Like, I want to. I want to hope it's a a joke. He used to wear Jankos, but yeah, but so but too. Rad would definitely. So many people are dressing up nineties. I mean, that's you know. Yeah, like, I mean, it might be 50-50 down the middle in 90s and 80s, but most of the people going to Radwoods weren't necessarily a product of the 80s. They're, they're younger, and they were more of the more 90s. Yeah. So that's a, that's something that's um, annoyed me, by the way, because uh, I, um, I was going to hashtag 90s kid on something that I was going to post, and, like, meaning that, you know, I was a teenager in the 90s. You know, I came of age in the 90s. But then that can mean you were born but it, then, And huh? so that's what's happening. So it's all these little kids who are like, if you look at the tag, it's a bunch of, like, little kids who were born in the 90s. And it's like, no, 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 you're not a 90s kid. <laughs> you know, like, it, um, But you kind of, if you were born in, like, like so I was born in December of 79, and uh, I figure I see myself as an 80s kid, but but I was only, like, in 88, I was 8 years old, right? Or whatever. Um, yeah, 80 years kid, old though. at the end. But, like, yeah. It's like that was the most impressionable time for me. More yeah. so, like with pop culture and stuff. More so than the than the nineties, I would say. Um, it was it was the eighties, you know. Yeah. But how were your Janko jeans? I never had Janko jeans. I was, I had he was OP all about shorts a, that that rode on my butt crack. But that's Miller's what. Outpost for Lane when he went to jeans. I did get those, dude, in freshman year <laughs> oh. of high school. I I had some oh, Miller's man. output. They Miller's were like output. they were like five pairs for twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, Miller's output. They had like three different colors in the whole. It was everything was blue, white, or gray, maybe or black. Yeah, sounds about right. I just stuck to structure. Structure. That's our fancy guy in the nineties. I know. Well, I had to step up. Rich boy selling timeshares. Or oh, whatever. rich boy, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> Big Fat Flip says, in an alternate reality where no one cared of pedestrian safety, what modern car do you think would have benefited from having pop-up slash hidden headlights? Ooh. So modern car with pop-up headlights. Which yeah. is the, what's the a good one? I think any supercar really should have pop-up headlights if we're being honest with ourselves. If we're being honest. Be honest, Lane. Be honest, dude. I'm trying to think of a car that's like... How about a... Um, uh, Panamera. No. I'm thinking 928. I think all the cars that kind of like try to emulate these um, prior models that were iconic pop-up headlights. Yeah. Um, a lot about- of it's where the, the whole car would have to be... The whole front end would have to be redesigned because... The also the height is so different because of the crash reg, uh, regulations. That yeah. The front end, the frontal area is so big where pop up headlights would look stupid in their current form. Yeah. Well, but, like the new Miata could pull it off because there's such little headlights to uh, currently. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Down, new yeah. Miata. That thing. I'm trying to think yeah. of a car that kind of slopes that that has that curve, right? That tapers down in the front. Like every car came in now. Uh, well, I mean, a car that, but low, like, it's not gradual, right? Like, as you're saying, like, we're, like, now it's, like, oh, yeah. very high to a low point very quickly. Like, it drops off yeah. versus, yeah. like, before where you could have, like, a Testarossa or, like, a like a Acura Legend or, or I'm sorry, um, Prelude or NSX, you know, with that super low, yeah. like, front end. Um, but there isn't that many cars with low front end like yeah, that because that's of what the I'm crash thinking. standards, yeah, so, right? But yeah. if you were to, yeah, what could you do that with? Like, it would have to, like... Like I'm thinking, like, could you design a BRZ around that? Like, would that be a good look? It would basically be a 944, even more so right. than it already yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that could yeah, be cool. Yeah, that's a good one. I could see that. Um, It'd be cool to do, like, a rounded kind of pop-up, almost like a, like a, um, uh, is there a Loda? No, what's the, what's the little mini Corvette? Opal. Like an Opal style. Mm. Oh, okay. And yeah, like, like a, the other, in a Miata would be cool, too. Yeah. Right, right. No, that's that's cool. Um, well, if it was a if you got a Cayman in the mix or a Boxster, then you really make a nine fourteen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do something around. Yeah, that. It looks that seems rad. Like a Boxster with a flat, just you know, body color over all that, and then you'd have to redo the whole design of the car. Though it'd be. So, I mean, obviously, that, that's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah, you'd be totally different. But any supercar, like a Pagani Waira, should have pop up headlights. And yeah, that'd be rad. Two little beams. Like a Chizetta um, Marauder, right? Hidden. Have like four pop-up Double headlights? pop-ups. Double pop-ups. Exactly. Six, dude. Six. Twelve. Um, Chaycor has a very important question. Where is the best place to have a cup holder in a car? Too far back and it's hard to reach. Dash mounted and it's oftentimes fragile. Yeah. In, 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 in front of your shifter, sometimes it gets in the way as well, right? So it's a, it's a, and behind the shifter, it's in the way elbow. a little bit. Um, yeah. With a manual transition, it's a tough proposition. Yeah. I know. So door mounted isn't bad, but you open and close the door. Open and a it's, door. No coffee. Yeah. No. yeah. How about a uh, dash mounted left hand side, like towards the vent? Huh. Okay. Um, cause my Lexus has one there. Oh, like yours, next to your knee kind of above your knee. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Close to it's hard to get in and out though if there's something in there it gets a little bit in the way. So are we talking? Yeah. That's another thing. Is it what if are we talking manual, automatic, any car like the cup holder is is manual. Manual, okay. Um, the cup holder is manual. The cup holder is manual. <laughs> no, I think the, dash. Uh, I think dash. Like maybe a more 
rigidly mounted on the dash on the passenger side of the console, um, but high enough up where it doesn't get in the passenger's way. So, so on the dash, lower dash, upper console area. Are you um, worried about uh, condensation drippage? Onto where? Maybe said passenger? No, I'm saying it's far enough left where it's not on the passenger and forward. Because I'm kind of picturing like how 911s have it out of the yeah. dash and it sits out there. Yeah, but that's such a janky little setup with a little push that thing and it like comes out kind of. Dude, it works. Like and then if it's, I was going to say, man, drippy. B5S4, killer cup holders. Like they're, they're, you know, they're above the stereo between the vents. They, they're like the little cassette type that come out and, oh, yeah. um, and they're above the shifter. Um, that's a really good spot. They're totally out of the way. six had that style. Okay. Uh, I think that's enough on that. Um, C. Rye Fly says, today, let's see, today and what more boring question could you possibly ask? Any recommendations on E30 floor mats? I've got Warren's favorite beige interior and with nothing stock available, even the random E36 or 46 suggestions on the forums, I can't find anything that really matches. Anyone have any go-to companies other than Lloyd? Yes. Yes. I would go Coco Mats. Coco Mats. Coco. Yeah. Coco Mats. Go with the they, tweed the kind of the the twill tweed ones or whatever. The, like like the, a brown the, and beige or something? The grass ones, yeah. Like the thin not the big Coco Mat style like I have. Mm-hmm. But maybe the the the, I don't know how to. Explain. I guess it's yeah, a reed or something. I don't even know. But it's more yeah. of a fine texture. It's like jute as right? opposed to kind of like that almost. I don't know what that means. What'd you say? Jute. jute. But yeah, definitely go with those. They're 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 uh, they grip really well Look too. Look up a jute rug. We'll see what I mean. Okay, they're not cheap, but they do last a while. And uh, as long as you get the right color combo, I think they for won't be- look I would like go with man. a brown, like a brown and beige or something. Yeah, a little darker. Yeah, it would match his interior and not get so dirty. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what I would go with, but yeah, cocoa mats are good. And then I, I would say just keep looking at uh the ebays and they're super the world. super expensive like new old stock ones there's a guy selling right yeah. now set on craigslist for 450 bucks like the, for the <laughs> real so, e30 and old, i don't know the new old stock ones yeah. and i don't know about bmw but i know the porsche ones are always like they always end up coming loose and then they curl up under the gas pedal and stuff it's like same with lloyd's too they always do that dude the cocoa mats are like solid enough and they have this solid rubber backing with a little pointed things yeah. and they just grip so well you never have to like i remember i just remember with lloyd's and the factory ones and porsches every time i get into the car you pull it for pull it towards you right and yeah, it's yeah. like so that's such an annoying thing dude i know that's a good call yeah check out coco mats and they do have different uh, materials and colors and you can yeah. i think you can even customize it so if you're really balling out yeah you can make it however you want balling, um balling. Barrel barrels made an appearance now in the podcast studio. Just want to throw that out there. Nice, sub barrel. Uh, uh, Croc GT4 says, hundred thousand miles approaching fast. Now at ninety seven thousand five hundred, and heading out today on an indefinite road trip. Ideas on an Whoa. epic spot to hit the hundred thousand mile mark. Hashtag rally on. Ooh, yeah. um, is there wow. a crocodile park anywhere? Like a. <laughs> A crocodile sanctuary or something? Oh, like a at? Tiger King style? Yeah, Oklahoma exactly. Or something? 
Yep. Yeah. No, I don't know of any reptile park specifically, mm. but yeah, maybe a zoo. Yeah. Um, Some yeah. He's access to a crocodile. That's a good point. I he was doesn't... thinking just really, he said epic, right? I was thinking epic literally. Like I was thinking Zion, like national park. Like a really, mm-hmm. really beautiful Zion's drive. Amazing photo potential, photo op potential. Uh, and it's yeah, way out there. It's getting away Zion's from everyone. Good. I don't know where he's, which direction he's headed. Yeah, I don't know but, either. Uh, um, yeah, I think, I think dramatic is key. So like Glacier National Park, um, Tetons. Moab. Moab would be cool. Yeah. Canyonlands is a really killer road. But yeah, you got to get creative, Phil. Like Pahrump really, or something. Yeah, the dump from Pahrump yeah. that would be cool. Death Valley. Uh, you can go um, that way too. Just go totally like opposite, right? You go like um, ruin porn or whatever. But you go like, um, you go, you just do it like in front of a Seven Eleven or something. Jiffy Lube. <laughs> yeah, Seven Eleven. Oh, damn, I was thinking, I was, I was thinking, still being artistic. McDonald's. Go, go to like Salton Sea or something. But yeah, you're you're going down the nasty, the deep right, end. Right. Uh, I, whatever you do, I'm sure it'll be rad. And, uh, I think so that's, that's coming up, dude. That's for his driving. That's not going to be where, you know what, where did he, what was his long. first epic drive? Like, I wonder, like, maybe Ooh, you can good, come good, back to that, right? Call. Like, come back to that was, spot. Didn't he do like north, like go up to Canada or like something? Like Beartooth Highway, yeah. right? He did the Montana route. I think so. I believe you're right. Yeah. I look forward to seeing it, Croc. Show us the way. Bad Rabbit Habits says, how many miles should you have on a rebuilt motor before you do a track day? Hashtag asking for a friend. Hashtag is 400 too little. I don't know, dude. I mean, this is a weird one. I, I I hear so many mixed things on this now these days. Like, like just rally it, but just change the oil and just have, have a, like what I've heard in this exact scenario before. I remember, I think it was a BRZ. We're, we're looking at BRZs. Go to the track, run it, and then do an oil change at the track <laughs> uh, for like half of the day or whatever. So um, I don't know. Um, I I would say that 500 is historically what most people have said, right? But it's also depending on the type of driving you're doing. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, he just got a new motor in his Rabbit, and he's going to a track day um, with, with, with uh, whatever Aces thing. Retro sporting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think 400 is uh, pretty low, but um, I also wasn't totally uh, sure what work was done. Is it a is it a brand new head, just a refurb head, and or is it all rebuilt, like pistons and lower end and stuff? I don't know. That's a good point. I think it's a yeah. whole. Yeah, I don't know if it's all brand new either, but I think he replaced the whole everything, right? The whole block and everything. Oh, okay. I know, and he's also saying that he didn't want to have any issues with this one, and it seems like you'd kind of ease into it if you were worried about longevity yeah. and not having to do this again. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's – don't know. More more the merrier? Is that the answer? Nope. Dude, yeah. How many – I mean, he changes engines like every week, right? So it's – it's this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I meant more miles the merrier. Oh, more. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before, uh, before said track day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but then he might risk it blowing up before he goes to said tractor. <laughs> That's true too. Um, I think yeah, you got to live yeah, life, or or you know maybe, I, I mean, I have no experience with this, but you could probably look at a forum somewhere and ask this exact, or look for this exact answer and see what people have done in the past, where maybe you drive the car at eight tenths on the track for half of the day, because it's it's really like 
you're supposed to operate at a different rev ranges, right? And work your way up to a higher rev, like rev limit. Um, yeah. And, you know, that number. But he should be there. So, yeah. So 500 is really here, 500 miles. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not steady state driving, which is a good thing, right? You're going to be on track and moving around the whole rev range, but maybe work your way up to it. Don't go balls out the first session, right? And then maybe at the halfway point, let's say you put, you know, whatever, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 laps in the car, then change your oil and then get after it a little more maybe i don't know <laughs> it'd be embarrassing if he went with his balls out what i mean that's what i do it's well, kind of punk rock i thought i mean it's good for air circulation yeah. and stuff but i don't think it's gonna help his engine if right. his balls are hanging out definitely not dude uh, i don't think so are you guys familiar with the term where the the etymology of that term no, actually, go go on. So it's supposed to be. It's like an old. Um, I think it's a steam engine or something that has the these like these um like these balls on a on a on, attached to a rod <laughs> that are on uh, <laughs> yes. that that yeah. swivel. And when when it spins uh-huh. at full tilt or full full spin, uh, the balls are all are perfectly horizontal, right? So they are gotcha. they, they go all the way out. Whereas like if it's huh. spinning at a you know at a halfway, they're kind of. You know, kind of semi-flaccid. You know, dangling yeah. at a <laughs> dangling at a four. Yeah. What is that? A not a forty-five degree angle. That would be the opposite direction. But you know, down and to the right. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my. Yep. That sounds about right. Yep. So uh, down and to the right. So yeah, down and to the right. There you go. Okay. Um, got one last question. Actually, let me check. Maybe some more have come in since we've been uh, discussing this stuff. No, I don't believe so. I do have right. to say real quick, actually, since the picture, no one commented on yeah. the or someone did comment on the picture. So that is the Pursuit special from the original Mad Max movie. Um, and I watched this movie for the first time in about 20 years or however how, however long it's been. It is such a weird movie, dude. It is so weird. Oh, yeah. Didn't it just come out on, like, Netflix yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. So I went, yeah. um, and, dude, it is so strange. It's I mean, not only... Old movies it's have pretty weird, slow yeah. too, yeah, right? That, like I'm, not very well done. Literally huh? about to say, old movies have weird yeah. pacing. Like, I mean, that's the first yeah. thing. So, um, but just like, like, it's hard to tell what is going on and why people are behaving the way they are. There's no explanation. Like, there's just there's they're very like they're they seem drugged and they like they basically yeah. follow this one guy and like they like eat each other's face. They're so weird, dude. It's, it's so bizarre. It's a very bizarre movie. And a lot is, I think explained. it was low budge too. Right. And then the yeah. second ones where they got a budget yeah. and they kind of like, it definitely it is, yeah. is very obviously low budget. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, yeah. shot out in you know, very basic shots, uh, you know, in a very Australia, right? uh, Australia. Yeah. But very weird film, obviously super predictable. You know, it's like, it's a revenge movie. Um, but, um, the whole thing is, you know, there's cars in it and there's motorcycles and stuff, but like the, the pursuit special is like sort of the, 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 the highlight, right? Cause it is is super badass looking and, uh, that's the car he uses yeah. to go, you know, seek his, out his revenge against the bad guys. Um, but, uh, very, very weird movie, like, um, almost to the point where I don't recommend it. It was kind of a waste of time, but I had to go watch it cause it was the original and, I, I didn't. I, I like that review. I didn't That's remember killer. anything, but um, from what I recall, the second one was maybe a better. So I'm gonna go try to see that one at some point. But um, hmm. yeah, I like it. I like the uh, review. That's really good. <laughs> it's a waste of time. I wouldn't really recommend yeah, it. Yeah, I had to watch it. It kind of is. I mean, in, unless you want just something on in the background while you're working or uh, having dinner or something, like it's not necessarily something yeah. that doesn't need your undivided attention. Um, I read you. Yeah. I read you. 
Um, all right. Last question is from our boy, Ben Rogit. And um, I don't really know how we'll answer this. So let's give it a try. How would the automotive landscape be different if the Miata never existed? Um, probably not at all. So, yeah, because, I mean, Z1 BMW existed anyways, 89, right? So Z3 would have still been a thing if Miata didn't exist, probably. Ah, I see. That's a good way so to think about it. So I'm trying it. to think of all the other, like, just two-seater roasters. Boxster have been as uh, as desired if it didn't have a competitor? Uh, I, mean, I wouldn't it's, say it's, competitor. It's, it's not a competitor. It's you're saying would up, it have been market. made if it didn't have that to inspire it? Right. I think I mean, that's more. A I think that's a better a question. Step up from a Miata, of course, um, in every way, but uh, it is still that two-place roadster and a four-cylinder, or you know, not four-cylinder, but I'm saying they're they're competing with a smaller, tighter package, like your balls out. Yeah, um, I, I don't think they're competing know. at all. But I would say that the maybe the Boxster uh, wouldn't have been developed if the Miata wasn't around. Actually, it wasn't successful. Uh, I would say it wouldn't be developed. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying if the Miata was a flop, then or didn't exist, or didn't exist more, they would have had less case for it. Yeah, because convertibles, um, convertibles weren't that big, I guess, in that era. Um, I don't know though. I know. Yeah, it's a weird, this is a weird question. Cause like, did, cause it, the Miata didn't really inspire many competitors. Like, if you're direct competitors, you know, it, the MR Spider came along for three years or whatever. Um, ten years later. But right, right. But there there it didn't really you know, it wasn't like all of a sudden like Toyota had a or you know, it wasn't all of a sudden Honda had a competing car and all that. I mean, you could say maybe the S two thousand wouldn't have been developed. I don't know, but was that Yeah, I don't yeah know. that's actually that's a good one. S two thousand's good. I, I was thinking of Japanese competitors. So in, in, but um, in all of these cases, like note that the S two thousand was really a continuation of a line that they had that they had abandoned at some point, right? And same with the Boxster. That's the Boxster true, but, in spirit was supposed to be sort of but a five fifty. So long before, yeah, right? But it was supposed like, to be a five fifty spider. Remember those early commercials? I know, but would like, have they de- would they have developed those if they didn't have the the Miata to kind of lead that path. I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. So, that is the question. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it, did so they, that's the main question yeah. is like, did it, did it make these other car companies build these yeah. cars? Yeah. Cause even though they weren't direct competitors and they had, they did have history. It's like, would they have been built? Right. So I don't know. Was the like, Miata? It's the, like one yeah. of those things that could be a huge difference or it could, it could be nothing. Right. Yeah. Like the Miata. It's such a niche, uh, part of the automotive landscape that, Two seat roadster. Yeah. I mean, especially not a high powered thing. Um, Although, yeah, it's you, interesting. For motorsport, if you look though, at the Miata, like, it was like. It's also been like it, a thing, right? It's like a, it's very accessible, like racing platform that isn't, that's, you know, like been a thing for a long time. So, I mean, would something else just have taken its place, right? Like, that's not influencing yeah. like the industry really as much, right? I mean, in terms of auto manufacturing, of course, parts and components, but. Um, you know, would it have been, you know, what would it have been? Would it have been like Caterham Lotus 7 type cars out there? Would it have been more E30 focused, more Z3 focused? Right. But it's not something that I think, look, yeah, it's, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. If you look at exactly what the Miata did, like, no, there wasn't like companies all of a sudden like, oh shit, we got to build a car that's 2,300 pounds, 
lightweight, cheap, you know, two door, cheap, yeah. convertible. Like that just didn't happen. Like those cars, no one else built that car, right? Miata's had the, just had that market yeah. since they created it. That, and it's not yeah. like it didn't really, ch- but maybe the only thing I could see is if it inspired these, these other, I don't know. I guess you'd have to look and see if, if anywhere like Porsche said, yeah, we built it because of this, or if that was just in the game plan anyways. Right. Yeah, it's wow. interesting that Mazda abandoned, they still made a rotary engine, but they didn't put it in the Miata. Thank God. Price probably. You think it was price? I don't know. Are they, is a rotary, a rotary more expensive? Well, it's simpler. I would think it'd be cheaper Less to manufacture. Parts, right? Yeah. Yeah. But does that mean but it's I don't more, know. does that mean it's cheaper? I don't know. I don't know. I think so. But I mean, the fact that they made, what year was the first year of the, or yeah, first year of the FD RX-7? 93. 93. And the Mazda Miata was 90, right? 89, right? Or 89, yeah. So it's funny that they they continued developing and making the the rotary engine well into Miata. No. Yeah. Well, RX-8. (laughs) <laughs> RX-8. Yeah, well after, but for some reason when they made the Miata, they just thought, uh, we're not going to do yeah. it. I don't know. I don't know enough about Miatas. I've never Well, they kept it. They, they were keeping it true to the Elon type of model, right? Where it was that dual overhead cam kind of. Simple four-cylinder. Yeah, simple four-cylinder. Um, although, I mean, a rotary. But if they're still developing lighter. a totally different engine and it's lighter and smaller, yeah. you would think they would have just used that. In this car, well, maybe that's what makes me think that, that that it's a more expensive engine to to develop the rotary. I mean, dude, the gas mileage sucks too. Like, I wonder if that's, that's that has something it. to do with that because it's like efficiency and stuff. And these were kind of built as like an English, you know, it's like a homage to the English, British roadsters of the of the right. past, and kind of just being like an everyman's car and like easy to maintain. Yeah. Um, Simple to yeah. drive. And it's fix also, and yeah, like, like, I mean, that. if it's a platform that they're trying to develop to maybe eventually release mass market like that, because it was still so niche, right? The rotary concept, like in the Miatas were okay. supposed to be a mass market car. Like it's, um, you know, they wanted to, yeah, because Lane is saying, yeah, keep it simple and reliable and, and not problematic, um, in that way, right? But, uh, but yeah. I kind of feel like they were trying to phase out the rotary anyways. Like, I mean, I know they kept developing it and they still built it in the RX-8, but it feels like they almost had to. Like they kind of like pigeonholed so. themselves into making, like keep the RX, um, with the, the rotary. Cause yeah. what our, the RX-2s have a rotary and yeah. RX-3s and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of like their rotary line. They just had to stay with it. And huh? they just had to stay with it basically. And, that might explain why they haven't built an RX nine, and because um, I don't think a rotary would be a good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Off off the top of your head, Art, do you know? And maybe Lane, you would know too. But the RX seven of of eighty nine ninety, you can get a convertible. Yep. Yeah. And what was the price difference between where did that set apart from a Miata? Oh, that's interesting. RX seven convertible, dude. I think they're much I would more expensive. Say that would you say much more? I would yeah. say probably like four grand more. I would say a lot more oh, expensive. Okay. Yeah. A lot more expensive. How huh. much are you saying, Art? Well, four grand in 1990 is a lot of money. That's like probably what, like, like a. Okay, so you are a saying fifth four of the price? Okay. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, a Miata okay. was what, 20K, let's say. Let me see. Yeah, I'm curious um, now. Probably like 19 something. But they're even cheaper. Uh, but yeah. And then that was probably like 24 grand. Maybe. So the, oh, in actually, 19- maybe you get up to like 26. 
26. So yeah. base price in 1990 for a Miata was $14,000. Um, oh shit! Yeah, and, yeah and, fourteen. Um, so sixteen would have been like loaded, and, and it probably was like twenty-four grand for a. And an RX-7 RX was like they're pretty nice. You know, they had leather interiors and like really nice BBS wheels right. and better um, stereo and. Yeah, um, definitely more upmarket feeling. Like the just obviously the design of it had so much yeah, more. Just in, in general, like I mean, you look at the interior. The, and nineteen uh, and an NA Miata is like hard plastics, and it's super simple, like a flat door panel yeah. with no detail, like. Um, right, right. But, uh, damn, I can't find the original. It's probably hard to find. And you'd, you'd also need to find what a convertible RX. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Which is a fully loaded one. They probably didn't offer, they probably didn't offer them that base model either, the convertibles. Yeah. And do those have a little rear seat? No. In the convertible? No, they no it's they a don't. storage compartment. Oh yeah. RX sevens, did they ever have a rear seat? They I guess did. The 80 ones? 80s yeah, they, ones they did offer that as an option. So the original MSRP mm-hmm. in 1990, 26,530. 26, Dude, 10 grand more. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, um, well, that's more than that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, from a base, but. Oh yeah. Dang. And are you looking at convertible? Convertible. Yeah. Convertible. Dude, that's, yeah. So there's your answer. That's significant. I Crazy mean, about. Way, way more expensive. And it is funny. They offered two, two seat roadsters at the same very, time. Yeah, two different motors. Definitely different, right? I mean, one's more two G- super different. I mean, although it's very sporty, still it's more GT versus like a little tiny lightweight They're, thing. But probably yeah. almost ex- like pretty close in performance too. Yeah. So different too. Like just their, yeah, development and stuff. It's interesting. I just, I don't know why I thought of that right now, but Miata life. That's all it is. Buy a Miata. If you can afford a really nice Miata right now, just buy it, park it, drive it once in a while. You'll be, you can thank me later. That's all I need to say. You'll have like tens of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tens of. All right. I think that's podcast. Cool. Word. Later, dude. Thanks for joining us. See you later. Later. Okay. Later. Patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Do you enjoy the DWA podcast? Give us a little love and support us on Patreon and get some awesome bonuses like a weekly exclusive Patreon podcast, exclusive stickers, koozies, and discounts on everything in our store, early access to rallies and other DWA events, and much, much more. Um, yeah. It really helps us out if you become a patron of the podcast and we hook you up with some really cool stuff. So join us now at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Thanks.